This is episode 321 of the AWS podcast, released on July 14, 2019. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Alicia here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm joined in person by Gerardo Estaba, who is a solutions architect here at AWS. Welcome, Gerardo. Hello, Simon. Great to be here. Good to have you here. Now, you're originally uh, Venezuelan-born, I believe. <laughs> yes. So born in Venezuela, I moved to Australia. So I've been living here for the last 10 years in Sydney, not here in Melbourne with you. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, you can't have everything, I guess, but at least you're here in Australia. <laughs> so you've come on the show today to help us dive deep in to Sam. Yeah, one of my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Your mate, Sam. So Sam or the serverless application model is something very relevant to serverless. We're not going to dive into the concept of serverless, except to say that a lot of people are doing serverless application development. Certainly. So I've seen customers here in Australia building backends for mobile applications, building chatbots, web applications, data processing. If the, you know if it's, if, it, if it's real time or batch, these days you can do everything with serverless. So having serverless is one thing, but having a good developer experience is a completely different thing. Agreed. And that's really what the serverless application model of SAM was created for. So tell us, what, what is SAM? So rightly, like you said, serverless architectures or building serverless architecture is a complete new paradigm. Not complete, but a couple of years old. And builders normally need the right tools so that these new paradigms become easier for them. And only using the right tools, then they can significantly increase the speed at which they, they can deliver the software, but also the quality of the software. So SAM is one of those tools, one of my favorites. <laughs> what it does is it makes it easy to create, manage, and update a serverless application. And open source? Yeah. So it's an open source framework. Um, and what it does is basically allows you to define infrastructure as code, defining those serverless components with a lot less code that what you normally would use. So this feels a lot like CloudFormation. So how does this fit in with that world? So the, the background on CloudFormation is we know that manual deployments that are bad, right? Because they are in, they could be inconsistent and prone to errors. And builders have been defining infrastructure as code with tools like AWS CloudFormation. And I, I particularly love CloudFormation. There's so many things you can do with it. But when it comes to creating serverless applications, once you start using hundreds or thousands of Lambda functions and tra- interacting with your APIs, then you need something that kind of abstract the, you know, all the all the complexity around setting these things up. And this is exactly where Sam comes in. So Sam, you can think of it as a higher level abstraction to CloudFormation that's still using CloudFormation in the background. So you're still creating, updating and resources using CloudFormation. But with Sam, you create the syntax that you write is very simplified, which means less code you need to write, faster development creation and overall happier developers. So as a developer, you may choose to only interact at the the SAM layer rather than doing CloudFormation per se? Correct. SAM supports everything the CloudFormation does. So you can combine in the same template resources written in SAM syntax or in CloudFormation syntax. And the structure is the same. So you have just like a CloudFormation template, you have a header, you have parameters, you have mappings, conditions, resources, outputs. SAM supports global parameters, intrinsic functions. So there's a lot of things you can do. And so if I'm building a serverless application, typically I'm creating some sort of API endpoint. I've got a store of state, often something like DynamoDB, et cetera. Does Sam let me stitch all that together? Is that 
Is that how I should be thinking about it? Absolutely. So with SAM at the moment, there are five type of resources that you can define. You have functions for AWS Lambda functions. You have API, and this is for Amazon API Gateway. We do not have yet support for AWS AppSync, but it's one of the most requested features <laughs> for SAM. For state, like you said, DynamoDB, so you can create simple tables with DynamoDB. And we recently, on the back of the announcements we made at reInvent last year, we announced support for Lambda layers, and we to define applications uh, using SAM. And this is on the back of the announcement of the serverless application repository. And so that repository, that's that's really a place that people can share their, their code in a way that can be reused by others or used as a basis. So it creates that community around which people can rally. Absolutely. So it's a service that helps discover, deploy, and publish serverless applications. And you can do that publicly if you want, if you feel like sharing with the world, <laughs> or you can do it privately and assign IAM policies to, to filter who can access that within your organization. So all it is, the serverless application model or SAR, just to get another acronym, is a managed repository for serverless applications. It enables teams, organizations, and individual developers to store and share these serverless applications easily, very easily. So it's kind of a purpose-built solution for, if I'm in a large organization, lots of developers, and we're all building our services, there's a place we can go to say, well, has someone built this before? Correct. So you can start reusing code instead of creating everything from scratch, which is what we do as developers all the time, right? We don't want to be creating everything that someone else did it before. Exactly. Exactly. And quite unquote, being a lazy developer is a good developer, I think. I agree. <laughs> so something else that developers love is command line interface. Tell us about the SAM CLI. Yes. So there's more to SAM than just this simplified syntax. So SAM comes with a CLI as well. And what it does is basically it brings the power of SAM and AWS Lambda to your local machine. So Lambda normally runs in the cloud, runs on edge locations as well. If you if you want to do some local development, if you want to have the experience of local development where you can test, test things in your in your own IDE, if you're using a, a, an IDE in your, in your machine, then SAM Local is bringing all of that close to your machine. So what you can do there is local testing and debugging of serverless application. So it, it's a way to summarize this. It's about giving developers the same experience they had in the world before serverless, uh, where they could author, test, and debug in their local machine. So this is the classic, you know, I don't have connectivity for the internet. You know, I'm on the aeroplane. Well, the aeroplanes have internet these days. Uh, but I, I don't need that. I don't need to upload to the cloud, do some testing, bring it down, et cetera. I'm doing it all locally. Correct. So if you think of the developer experience, you're putting some code together and you want to test it. If you did it without SAM, the SAM CLI, you would have to upload that to AWS Lambda, make a change in Lambda. And that takes, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 seconds. And that's not just not good enough for developers. We want immediate feedback on our applications. Yeah. And, and that's what you get with the SAM CLI. You get Lambda on your local machine. So if I'm running kind of that offline or that local mode is probably the, the correct way to say it. What what can I do in terms of some of the connective services? So obviously we, we use a lot of things like Kinesis Streams and S3, et cetera. Probably not running those locally. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. Hopefully soon. But uh, so look, there are many things you can do with the SAM CLI locally. First off, you can invoke the Lambda functions locally, meaning that you can get responses and the Lambda logs as well in your local machine without having any internet connectivity. Um, th that helps you not only get you know tested, but also troubleshoot if there's any issues because you get the same logs that you, you would have gotten uh, in CloudWatch as well. In terms of all of those resources you asked me for, you can create mock events for those. So things like Amazon S3 or Amazon API Gateway or Amazon DynamoDB streams or Kinesis as well. You can mock those and create those source events so that you can trigger your Lambda using something as if it comes from the cloud, but it doesn't. <laughs> so you're basically simulating those, those interactions in a repeatable basis. 
Correct. Correct. It generates a payload. It's a JSON payload that you can just send to the Lambda, Lambda invocation in your local machine. So then in my cycle, I'm sort of doing my work locally. I'm, I'm mocking out, I'm testing. At some point, if I'm following good CI/CD practices, I'm integrating somewhere. How does SAM work in that context? So there's a few things that SAM can help you do and for, in terms of deployment uh, and building. And these things, you do, you do need internet access for them. <laughs> so um, so you, can, you can do SAM build. And what it does is basically it builds the dependencies for your code. So for things like if you're running Python or if you're running Node.js, uh, it looks at the dependencies and installs that in your local machine. Two frequent commands that I use are SAM package and SAM deploy. So the first one zips everything up, everything about your application, the template and the Lambda code, uh, it uploads that to S3. And then with the SAM deploy, it executes that change in cloud formations to either create or update your application. So with two commands, you're updating your entire application and also updating the code of those uh, AWS Lambda functions. And so that helps you really have that whole end-to-end process. It also means you can look into things like logging, et cetera. Correct. So you can look into logs. You can, other things you can do, you can initialize uh, serverless applications. So if you go SAM in it, you can choose a, the language you're using, say Python 2.7, and it creates that first kind of blank <laughs> A skeleton. Oh, okay. They're kind of getting started. Here's the framework. Away you go. Correct. And you can also use SAM in it for uh, applications that have been published in the serverless application repository. So it basically gets you started in your local machine if you're starting from scratch. Nice. So we spoke before about Lambda also running at the edge. How does SAM fit into that world? Correct. For those that are not familiar with the concept of edge computing at AWS, the AWS cloud today spans 66 availability zones uh, within 21 geographic regions. But we also have this concept of edge locations, and we have over 170 of those around the world. And what we do with these edge locations is basically because we have so many more of them, and they're closer to the users of the applications, we leverage that for services like Amazon CloudFront and Route 53. So we can deliver those responses closer to or faster to those users. But it turns out that we also launched a service called Lambda at Edge. This was about about two years ago. Don't quote me on that, I'm, although I'm going on record. <laughs> it is Roughly uh, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is a feature on Amazon CloudFront that, that allows you to run code closer to the users. So basically you're running code at the edge without even hitting the AWS region. There's an interesting, this is my architecture about this topic, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> so at Sydney Summit this year, uh, I hosted uh, Macquarie Bank uh, and they explained, this is a, an Australian, very popular bank, and they basically showed how they're using how they are securing access to websites largely at the edge. A fantastic, fantastic use case because they're doing all of this at the edge. There are only a, a couple of things that are running in the AWS uh, region. We should probably share that link. Yeah, we'll to keep a, get a link out there and keep an eye on that series as well, which is a really good series. Now we touched on deployment and I want to come back to deployment because it's it's kind of the big enchilada here is that if we want to deploy often and safely, there are a lot of well-established techniques around how to do that. There's canary deploys, there's blue-green deployments, etc. But often tooling doesn't reflect that. And so it's hard to deploy. One of the things that Sam has, I think, really helped developers with is building that in as a native capability. So talk us through what we can do. Correct. Sam can help with that too. <laughs> so apart from the package and deploy commands that I talked about 
previously. The problem with that is that it's very simple, just two commands, but what it's doing is basically a one big switch. So you had a previous version of the code. After you execute package and deploy, you have a new version of the code. That's it. It can have an impact, a, a significant blast. Well, only, if you got, only if you've got bugs in your code, and certainly the code you and I write never has bugs. Yeah, never. <laughs> Others might, but never. Not. Exactly, not my code. <laughs> so stuff can go wrong. So look, like, like you said, the concepts of things like blue-green deployments or canary deployments have been around for a while, uh, and these have been well-established best practices in reducing the risk uh, for software development. So Sam can help with that. So and let me give you some context on how this all came about. About a year and a half ago, we released this concept of and AWS Lambda aliases. And what it is, is basically a way to point to your to different versions of your Lambda function using a tag. And when you couple that with the stage variables in API Gateway, then it allows you, it gives you a flexible mechanism to basically move that alias around among your Lambda function versions. On the back of that announcement, we also announced another feature called traffic shifting. And what traffic shifting allows customers to do is basically updating additional versions of Lambda using weights. So now you assign weights to different aliases in Lambda function. And now the invocation traffic that comes, it will be routed to new function versions based on the weight specified. The easiest way to look at this is you're, uh, you want to test a new version of your Lambda code. Uh, you put it on a on a beta or on a development or on a, I don't know, A-B testing kind of alias. And then you only point 5% of the traffic. Then you can start getting some feedback on whether, whether that code is executing properly. And slowly, you can roll out this new version if everything goes well. So the concept of a, of a canary deploy, just to make sure folks who might not have heard of that before, means that you do a small percentage of the deployment and then you monitor it. So you're saying, did I change anything? Did I make it perform worse? Am I getting errors, et cetera? And you're only affecting a small percentage of the fleet. And with Sam, you can define, you know, how much percent you're going for and how long you're waiting. You know, how, how long is it till it's good? Do I want to run for five minutes or 30 minutes? Sort of, I, I need to be sure that I know that it's good yes. before it keeps on rolling out. Or you can just roll straight out and say, hey, you know, every 10 minutes expand the pool type thing. Correct. So look, with Lambda, you can define all of these parameters yourself. Now, now customers have the aliases and the traffic, traffic shifting functionality. But sometimes customer wants, they, they want something simpler. <laughs> yeah. they, they don't want to get into the weeds of customizing all this pipeline. And we also launched uh, about a year ago, a turnkey implementation of this functionality with the help of AWS Code Deploy. And what it's doing is basically traffic shifted deployments can be declared in the SAM template. So now with a couple of lines of code in the SAM template, code deploy will manage the function rollout as part of CloudFormation stack update. There are a couple of alarms that you can configure to trigger a rollback if something goes wrong. So because this is a turnkey solution, you don't have all the flavors and all the options available, but you have a handful of ones. You have Canary, you can deploy a percentage of traffic to the Canary for a given amount of time. Um, and provided that you're not triggering the CloudWatch alarm, then it's going to go, it's going to basically increase that traffic by 10%. And then we have other types of linear deployments. But you get about 10 different deployment preferences. And the other thing to consider as well, if, if you don't want to do the canary approach, is that blue-green approach. And again, to just to clarify terms, blue-green is where you have an existing setup. You deploy a completely net new setup that you switch across to, maintaining, that's the green one, maintaining the blue one. And if you need to switch back because stuff went bad, you just flick back to the blue one. So you haven't kind of destroyed or overwritten anything in the past. Correct. And again, Sam can can do that. Correct. Correct. You have some pretty fine options or if you don't want to use the SAM option, then you can obviously tweak these aliases and traffic shifting parameters.
parameters to do it yourself. Yeah, so you have lots of flexibility about versioning and, and those types of stuff. So you mentioned that SAM and SAM CLI open source. So how can people contribute? Correct. So look, these, these two tools are becoming increasingly popular, and, but we're also accepting pull requests. So those that are feeling collaborative, please go to the AWS Lab organization on GitHub. We're going to be sharing those repos on the notes of this book as well. And what about getting started? Obviously, you can sort of jump into GitHub and, and go to that, that repo and start doing stuff. But what's a good way to start if I'm maybe familiar with serverless, but new to, to this particular way of deploying? So I'll, I'll answer what you didn't ask first. So if you're not <laughs> familiar with serverless, <laughs> uh, we have AWS.training. That's actually a website. AWS.training is not a .com website. And it has over, I think it's over hundreds of free digital uh, training uh, courses available, some of which are related to serverless and AWS Lambda. If you are familiar <laughs> with serverless, in our website, you can find tutorials for building serverless applications on the two GitHub repos for SAM and the SAM CLI. You can find examples that you can just pull and start playing with them. You can also use the serverless application repository. A lot of our customers and, and some Amazonians have also uh, shared code there. So you can just get, just get started, try it out deploy it, tweak it. The AWS blog is always a good source of, of good information. So there's a significant number of, of blog posts written about SAM and the SAM CLI. And look, I, I think the best way of learning uh, is just doing it. So just go find some code and deploy it and you'll see how easy SAM and SAM CLI make uh, serverless application development for builders. And something we didn't mention is which languages you can use SAM with. Like, is there are there any limitations that we should be considering? Yeah, look, AWS Lambda today supports more than a handful of, of languages. You have Python, Node, PowerShell, Ruby, C Sharp, Bot, and I'm probably missing one or two. And, and it goes in there as well these days. We have um, a, an API runtime as well. So now in Lambda, you can import your own your own runtime. With Sam, we have a subset of those at the moment, but most of those. So we have the native support for Python, Node.js, C Sharp, and Go. I think Java as well. Java as yes. well. Yeah. <laughs> didn't I mention it? No, I didn't. <laughs> you forgot Java. And um and and Sam is is a bit of a character actually. So there's this squirrel sticker I see around the place. What's the deal with that? Sam is uh for some reason he he's it's one of the, the, the only AWS service that has a mascot. Mm. The story behind it, I think, I think it's a bit gray. I don't think everyone... <laughs> no, I'm quite sure where he came yeah, from. <laughs> there's myths about it. But what I've been told is that Sam left behind a cozy love in the trees to help AWS builders to build serverless applications effectively and more easily. <laughs> we'll go with that. It's a cute little, it's a cute little mascot. And uh, yeah, if you can grab one of those stickers around the place. Yeah. Gerard, I'm noticing your laptop on the desk here. It's, it's decidedly devoid of any stickers. Oh. Oh, yes. I don't know if you have any developer cred. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I know. I have a, I have a strong opinion on that. Oh, you're, you're, a, you're a, a nudist when it comes to laptops. Exactly. So. <laughs> There's two camps. There's definitely two camps. As you can see from my laptop, which camp I fall on. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> any other closing thoughts or things you'd like to share? I am very passionate about serverless. And I've seen how customers have it, that have embraced it have become faster, their ability to push code faster has increased significantly. The quality of the software as well. The developer, not only productivity, but ha overall happiness. Um, mm, you speak to mm. a developer that has used serverless before, you, you know that you know there's th there's no way back. I think serverless is a game changer for developers. You get more development speed, you get quality by focusing more on the business that or on the business function that you're coding for, as opposed to thinking about servers and all these menial tasks that we used to care for the last couple of decades. <laughs> so I'll encourage 
every builder out there to join the serverless revolution. Yeah, it's, it definitely is a better way. It, and I, I hasten to add because I know people get a little frustrated because like, well, it's not magic. It doesn't, you know, wave your magic wand and life is a, a perfectly beautiful. You know, there's still still work to be done and, and edges to knock off and frustrations you have along the way. Um, but I would agree, it is it is way easier. And certainly when I am picking up a project or doing something, I always start with serverless first and, mm-hmm. and only see if I can't do it that way, will I do it some other way? Because it's, it's so much quicker and there's a lot of things you just don't have to think about but it's interesting as the newer generation of developers are coming through i notice they don't have a perspective on what it used to be like now I sound like old man yells at cloud yeah. but um you know how hard it was to just you know set up a, a server with the right libraries to run your code was a thing correct <laughs> correct but we are not a thing anymore no. um if you are still living in that world i suggest that you take a look at serverless. Yeah, it can solve a lot of problems. Excellent. Gerardo, thanks for coming on today. My pleasure. And thanks for listening. We'd love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.